Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mignot, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, Z Flash. Each episode, we bring on a different business leader who's doing some game-changing work. And this episode, I am so excited to have Marjorie Spitz, who's the president of the Small Business Division at Balance Integration. She yeah. has a remarkable career journey and story, and it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, take a listen. Hey, Marjorie. Hey, Laura. Nice How's to be here. Going? <laughs> it's going great. I'm so thrilled to, to be here with you. Uh, I've known you for a long time, so it's good that we, we're doing this. <laughs> it is took, it's took a little time. It's took a little time. Uh, but yeah, so you listen to the podcast, you know the story, first question, always the same, always fascinated by the answers. So Marjorie, what was your first job? Um, so it's such a good question, right? Because when I was thinking about my first job, I want to talk about two first jobs. I know a lot of people do that, but you can break the rules, go for it. <laughs> so my first job was, I was the fitting check girl at Macy's on Long, in Huntington, Long Island. And ah. I was young to run the cashier, you know, do the cashier portion of things. Um, and it was really interesting because I, you know, I'd have to take people's, give people a number when they walked in, they want to try on some clothes and it was a very vulnerable place for them to be, right? Because they are trying to look hot. <laughs> and um, and it also it just happened to be the plus size area of Macy's. And there weren't a lot of those in those days, you know? There weren't a lot of places where women who were normal sizes could buy clothes. So I felt a strong pull to really help people in a vulnerable position to pick out what, they looked their best in, you know? Um, so it was kind of, it was really fun. It was really fun and social. Of course, you kind of learn how sloppy some people can be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I always say to people, if you want to learn how to work with people, work in retail. Like you can always tell the really good managers who worked in retail because like they treat everybody really well because you know how unusual, how stressful, how weird it is to be in a retail setting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And, and the second is, you know, be a waitress, which is my yes. second job. Be exactly. in right? And so the other job I wanted to talk about was I, I, I was a catering waitress at a place on Long Island and worked lots of weddings, right? And the, <laughs> when you're working a wedding, right, you just want to make everything perfect. I was a perfectionist, you know, the, the bride and the groom, you want to help make sure they have a special day. And this place in particular had a really beautiful outdoor garden that if the weather was nice, they would then have the cocktail hour out there. And, you know, I, I had the trays with the shrimp, which everybody, you know, flocked to. But at a particular time of year, they had, you know, those moth caterpillars that would just be everywhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those little brown ones <laughs> or furry caterpillars. Um, they would just plop onto the trays all the time during that season. So I'd have to, you know, sort of delicately pretend they weren't there and just flick them off and not hit the Oh game. my God, oh. Cause can you imagine you're the bride and this thing falls on your, you know, your hair and stuff like that. And you're like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But it was really fun. I, I mean, it, it was very social. I, you know, you got a good workout in between too. So, so. Uh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So um, from retail and catering to now, 
it's a pretty wide swath of stuff you had to be, to get to where you are now. What was that career journey like? Yeah, it was really an interesting path. I, I've been really blessed in my career because I've I've worked with some amazing people that helped guide me along the way. And so I started my career, I fell in love in college, I fell in love with advertising. So I started my career in advertising as an account management person. And I worked at shops like, I started big, you know, Ogilvy and I worked at creative shops like Kirschen Bond, Deutsch and Mad Dogs and Englishmen. And I worked at some of those agencies when they were like 40 people. So not the agencies that they are today, these big, you know, owned uh, agencies. And so it was really amazing. And at a time where we just kicked butt and we worked really hard. And what happened was during that time, I was running account management at Mad Dogs and Englishman. Are you familiar with that agency? Yeah. 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 It's just like it sounds, right? Dogs running around, all nighters, <laughs> uh, lots of parties. You know, lots of hard that work. Was, that was the age of uh, that was the quote unquote golden age of advertising. A lot of folks I know. Yeah, um, yeah, great creative. You know, lots of creativity and flex and freedom to do some things. And so, I was running account management there. I was 29 years old and things seemed like they were just going great. Like on the outside, I looked, you know, terrific. Uh, if you look back at pictures, I'm like, oh, I, I look pretty darn good then. And then, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, we were winning new business and doing great work. And I would be quoted in the New York Times, all that good stuff. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night with debilitating chest pain, thinking I was having a heart attack at 29 years old. Oh, my and gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. And it turns out, I found out after exploring it that I had a chronic acid reflux, which had permanently damaged my esophagus lining as a result of the way I was managing the stress of being a high performer, a high performing women, woman, you know, in that environment. And so it really surprised me because I thought I was freaking fine. <laughs> I thought you I had was no thriving. idea. You had you had no. You thought you were thriving. Yeah. No freaking idea that my body was suffering like that. So it was a wake up call, or you know, it really it really took me by surprise. So I, I worked for amazing people who allowed me to take a leave of absence and go get some perspective and do some self exploration. And I went and I traveled all over the world, and and I came back and I decided that. I still needed some time to process and to figure out where, what I wanted to do and how I can be a high performer as well as being a healthy individual at the same time. So I, I actually started my consulting business back then. I went back to waitressing, if you could believe that. I waitressed at a place called the Riverrun in Tribeca, which is no longer there. Um, and, um, and then I started my, my consultancy, my freelance business at the time was Mojo Consulting where I would work for different agencies and, and things like that as a freelancer. So I was sort of working from home and doing this remote working thing in like 1996. So what's going on wow. right now? So you were way ahead of the curve is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I guess I was, I mean, who knew, but yes, I, at the time, but yes, I really, I really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the flexibility. I certainly was on site on and off, you know, cause technology wasn't, was it what it is today then. And so I was doing that for a few years and then I decided that I wanted to get into the nonprofit space because I was always volunteering and really wanting to dedicate time and energy to causes that I believed in. 
And I started working as executive director for nonprofits like a gun violence prevention organization called PAX, which positioned, positioned the issue of one of public health and safety as opposed to politics. So getting into really about culture change and uh, Swim Free, which was helping children and adults get educated and feeling confident through learning to swim, uh, especially in underserved communities. So, so I started to really dive into that space, which I loved as well. So, you know, in the advertising world, as you know, well, I learned my branding, my marketing, my how to get crap done, my, even though I was sort of responsible for everything, but in control of nothing, you know, I was able to make magic happen and, and multitask and, and learn how to manage people. And then in my nonprofit life, I learned how to run an organization, how to ask for money, which is important if you want to run a business and how to work with a board. And that was, you know, about a good, you know, 15, 20 years into my career when I, I also at that time was doing it as a consultant. So I was dabbling in full time, but really always going back to my consultancy because I wanted to work in multiple fields and bringing it all together. When I really thought about what was making me happy and bringing me joy, it was when I could help an organization, a business or a people thrive. And so that kind of brings me to what I do now in terms of, I got my health coaching certification. I got my compassionate leadership uh, certification uh, to work with entrepreneurs. I've studied uh, the three vital questions and the empowerment dynamic technique. And I now am, as you said before, I, I, I work with small businesses. I help them grow and understand if they need to pivot or not, or how to create a team that's going to work. And you know, I put all these skills together that I've learned through my advertising and my nonprofit life and put them to use to help businesses thrive as well as individuals. So I do executive coaching as well. So it kind of, it makes sense now, but at the time you might've been like, well, where is that path going? <laughs> right. You're like, uh, okay, Sure. So it's interesting because like you decided at like 29, you're like, yeah, I just can't work with this agency in the world anymore. Like it's literally killing me. Um, and um, I, I similarly had at 29, the same kind of thought process um, because like that was when I um, uh, was working for a tech company. But before that, the, earlier in that, that same year of my 29th year was the last agency that I ever worked for before having my own because similarly it was basically killing me uh, so who knows but it's about age 29 where you're just like you know what no uh, <laughs> this is right, I, I, right. I, gotta, I gotta walk away from this there's a confidence that you that you build you know when you're, especially you're good at your job I was very good at my job you know and so uh that when you when it comes to that point of not even balance, like balance is an overused word, but that point of what do I want to contribute to the world? What kind of person can I be and bring and still bring my, my whole self? And how can I do that in a way so that I'm a healthy, thriving human being, as opposed to a burnt out, sickly <laughs> person who, when I, by the time I'm 40 is going to be in the grave, <laughs> you know? 
Well, that's the thing. It's like you do that and then you're like, wait, I can't function anymore. And yeah, I mean, that's not to say that like I figured it out when I went out on my own. Um, it still was a very bumpy and weird and wacky ride, but it was my bumpy, weird and wacky ride as opposed to being like contained by weird agency politics. So I, I completely understand. So yeah, you know, something about having your own business that takes the politics out of it, and and you're absolutely right. Like having that control, and I don't have it all figured out. Like I still have nope. my days, of course, you know. But but you know, I'm aware, which is nice. Yeah, you kind of know it's your mess, you and you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about a time when you were like, especially probably when you were in the in the entrepreneurial world, where you're like, you had a challenge, and you're like, there's no way I'm getting through this, and then you did. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, in a lot of the work that I've done, I've worked in a lot of smaller companies, hence my love for small business, and a lot of sort of considered startup-y kind of companies. And, you know, that very often can until very creative, yet very high stress individuals, right? So, So a lot of times I was sort of the person smoothing things over to get things done, whether it was meeting a deadline or or elevating the work. Um, You know, sometimes you'd have to work with whether it's a client wants one thing and then their creative team wants another thing, whether it's two co-presidents or whatever who are not getting along, (laughs) Um, you know, so, so what I've really learned from that is to focus on the outcome that I want. And not just that I want, but that is best for everybody involved, which not everybody can see. And sometimes I can't see, right? But when I can focus, take myself out of the conflict that might be brewing and there's always conflict. Conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but there's always like, oh, I love this, but I don't like this word. Or, oh, I want it to go this way, but I have a different way of doing it than, I, than this other person does. And so how to resolve that? And, and so you asked how to overcome it. It's really been about how do I keep myself focused on what I want the end result to be and be flexible enough to change the path to get there so it's not a straight line and understanding it's not a straight line and it's okay <laughs> and it's, it's it's totally okay like that's not the end of the world at all we will get it fixed you will figure it out you will find your way um and it's fun you know that makes it fun as opposed to i'm only going to go this way and if anything sends me off in the wrong direction i'm screwed you know <laughs> And that just, it just isn't the case. And, and you will find, you will, you will totally find your way. You know, looking back on it now, what do you think you'd tell 25-year-old Marjorie? Well, you know, I have very often been what I would call a rescuer or a fixer, <laughs> um, which is a very problem-focused orientation, right? So, um, so I... I probably could have had more growth opportunities if I focused on what I'd like to call the big rocks. You know that big rocks exercise? That's, um, should I no. share that So Go for it. Yeah, so, you know, there's a, there's a pretty, you know, famous professor video that um, if you have a bunch of rocks, 
right? And then you have some sand and some pebbles and you have a big jar that you need to put them all in, right? If you put the small rocks and the sand in there first, the big rocks don't fit. However, if you put the big rocks in first and then you put the pebbles in the sand, they seep into all the little nooks and crannies and it all fits, right? So what's, what's the metaphor there? The metaphor is prioritize the big rocks first. Those things that are gonna really move your business, that are gonna really move your relationship or your life, as opposed to the small things that are check the box things. Like for example, your email, right? Okay, your email is always gonna be there and it's important, do not get me wrong. But if I focus all day on my email only and be very reactive, I never get to that big strategy thinking <laughs> or that big um, helping my clients map out a future that they want to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really great example. Yeah, I would tell myself to focus on the, the big rock. Stop being, you know, such a fixer and, you know, allow yourself the time to focus on these big things and learn and grow sooner <laughs> as opposed to later where I had to do more of it myself, you know, and just through self-actualization and things like that. Got it. What was yours? What would you tell your 25-year-old self? <laughs> Are you asking me questions on my podcast? Oh, sorry. Look, at you, look at you breaking all the rules. Just put trouble. <laughs> um, what would I tell 25-year-old me? Um, hmm. Uh, ah, I know. Uh, the person that you are at 25 is not, is, not, is not the same person you're going to be at 35. Um, but the person that you and, and the work that you do between 25 and 35 is going to change your life. It is going to be very hard, but you're going to find your way. And you know how you like being cool with all the quirky people? and like and they kind of all gravitate you that's going to be the defining aspect of your life and you should embrace that um, because your ability to understand people who most folks don't understand will will pay you back in spades and give you the most rewarding fulfilling aspects of your career by the time you turn 40. Wow that is beautiful See, <laughs> if someone does ask me a question, I have an answer. <laughs> oh, I had no doubt, but I was really curious about your answer. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's funny because I, I feel like I've had like um, four stages of adulthood um, from like you know, 21 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to 35, and 35 to now, I'm, I just turned 41. Mm -hmm. um, and each bucket of that um, has been a different, wildly different version of myself <laughs> so um nice but you've um, allowed that to happen and you've allowed yourself to grow and i think that i want to commend you on that because a lot of people are just very fear-based um and and they don't allow that that kind of growth and then they wake up and they're 55 and they're like wait a minute i hate what i do <laughs> i don't like the people around me how can i change that before it's too late you know yeah, I think it's, you know, you never know where you're going to end up. Um, and I think there's been so much change in the last 15 years and in, in all of our industries and in the world that we have. Like, if you think about this, 15 years ago, there wasn't social media. 
and right. you know we didn't all carry a video computer in our pockets and how that changes so much in how we communicate and how we and how we live um and that short span of time has meant so much to so many different people so it's fascinating to see how the world has just changed but you can either be like that's really scary or hey you know what i'm just gonna go with the flow and i think oftentimes we forget that like you know it's okay to go up the flow and just and you'll figure it out along the way you don't have to press yourself to solve everything by the time you're 30 like I get a lot of younger folks who are like I have to I haven't done stuff I'm 30 I'm gonna be a failure and I'm like I haven't figured it all out and I'm 41 and I'm happy about that because right. I don't the journey is cool it's all right like it doesn't um that's such a good point Laura such a good point because I've been mentoring my uh, one of my nephews um you know, can you imagine looking for a job, your first job in this environment right now, right? So um, I've just been been trying to just be, help him be accountable so that he continues to apply for jobs, et cetera, get some guidance. The, the interesting thing is he really wants his perfect job. And I so respect that. You know, when I started, I was like, let me just get in somewhere and I'll work my way up. There's a little bit of a different attitude right now. And I'm trying to, given the environment, sway him a little bit more towards Let's just get in somewhere. <laughs> this perfect yeah, job I mean, exist, you know? <laughs> Well, I think it's well, and it's a common thing, and I kind of I'm on the fence about it because I, on the one hand, similarly, like I respect the heck out of you wanting your perfect job, but I also live in the real world, right? Um, and I think that for as much as you know, Gen Z wants to be individualistic, and I can do all this stuff, like I get it but we live in the real world. The world isn't easy. It just is not easy at all. And I think um, this was a, you have to realize that like, sometimes you do have to like take a step back to take a step forward. And I, and I think that actually builds character around it as opposed to it just being a a perfect situation. And because if you, if you have everything that's perfect when something does go wrong, um, then you're going to freak out when that, and then have a horrible reaction. So totally, um, totally. you know, when I, I, my first job was, I was a secretary making $16,000 a year at Ogilvy and Mather. And the woman who hired me, um, who was an HR at the time, I'm still friends with her today. And she went, when she left that agency, she went to another agency and hired me there. And when she left that agency, she went to on the client side and their agency was looking for somebody and she recommended me and hired me there, you know, and we've dabbled with working together since. So the idea of getting your foot in the door somewhere and, and having those relationships that will be lifelong relationships is a concept that I think we have to really share and explain to, to young people. Cause I think they're so used to that quick hit, you know, mm-hmm with social media so that the idea of, of of networking is actually a little overwhelming to a lot of young people oh yeah they think it's like the worst thing on the earth and it's like oh and i'm like it's just building relationships and like people mean stuff it's like it's not about your tiktok video like that's gonna be here and go on tomorrow yeah i mean i don't mean to sound like an old lady but like getting back to basics and and having some of those relationships that you keep in touch with over time will nurture you no doubt. And 
and help you in ways that you wouldn't even imagine. It's like, you know, like when I was making the joke about like all the quirky, the quirky people that kind of gravitate you towards you, like that's literally how I built my business. Yes. Um, by building a, a company that like made people feel welcome from all different walks of life. And those folks came to our events, those capes became part of our, my network and became friends and we worked on products together. Um, but if I had been like, well, what can you do for me right now? Otherwise I want to talk to you. Then it's like, you know, that's not how this works. It's like you build and it's a slow build. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes, and it takes time. It takes time and it takes effort. And I think you know this. I recently launched a webinar series, Small Business Big Impact. And you know, I just put it out there a little bit and you know, and I, I reached out to some people that I hadn't seen in, I mean, decades. And they're coming to it. Like these are people that we just have, we didn't we haven't spoken in a while, but we still adore each other and we support each other. And that's the kind of relationships you want to be able to, to have when you look back during your the span of your career. Whereas if you if you burn any of those bridges, I know it sounds, um, you know, typical, but those people don't want to help you if you if you you know, sort of ghosted them or <laughs> or screwed up their project or whatever and didn't take accountability for it, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, if you do, if you build those ways, you're like you're in the trenches with people, you've been through the fire, then, you know, you get it. You got um, it. You, you, got you, it. You, you just, you just find uh, your way. So and that's why listen, we need people like you and I and, and others that we know, right? But just to sort of help keep people on track and accountable with their it, messaging, with their, yeah. you know, with their, where their career or their business is going, et cetera. It's just... It's just simple, uh, smarts, time, pausing, accountability, you know, commitment. That's, that's all you, that's all you need. And, but thinking about all that and doing all the work that you do, like, what do you do for your self-care? Like taking care of Marjorie. Taking care of Marjorie. Yeah. I, I am a much more aware of what my body needs now. And um, for me, given the pandemic and my close circle, I, I'm a very social person and I really miss those dinners with my friends and things like that. that yeah. We do. Yeah, I really miss it. But in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, a few of my uh, core friends and I set up a weekly Zoom call. And I am Zoomed out just like everybody else is. But, you know, at the same time, seeing those people, just staying in touch, hearing what's going on. Because we haven't been together in a room in over a year. That's the thing. It's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So, so that's really helped my sanity to, to, you know, I love my, my husband and, 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 and everything like that, but you know, I'm spending 24 seven with him right now. And that's not what we necessarily <laughs> just <were about> <laughs> like, That might not be the ideal. I need my girls. <laughs> so they really feed me. So keeping those relationships strong. And I've actually recently started one too, with um, some of my high school buddies. Like we've, we haven't, there's four of us and we haven't been in touch regularly in a really long time. And, and we've been doing something monthly as well. So it's just been really nice to reconnect with people that, that really fuels me. And of course, getting fresh air and nature and walking outside. <laughs> a must. So, yeah. You must get some fresh air. We must get some nature. It's oh. just important. I know. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I think, you know, getting all those like 
reconnecting with folks that haven't talked to them forever. Like I've, I've, I've done a number of those over the past year and similarly zoomed out to the high heavens. Um, but yeah, the chance to reconnect with some folks or just strengthen some bonds with friends who you were good friends with before, but like, you know, because we're always so busy, you don't have a lot of, you don't have to spend a ton of time together, but like, you know, like the core bubble that we have you know, it's been really rewarding to have that. So, you know, it's as we now begin to emerge, it's like, what are the things that we sort of keep and what are the things that we let go of that we sort of held on to during the pandemic? So it'll be fascinating to see how that all kind of shakes out for all of us and see where we are now. There was an article too, I don't know if it was the Wall Street Journal all the times, but it was very much about teaching some people how to be social again. It was like literally. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? I'm like, it's like, it's like, how do you make friends? It's like, I know, it was very funny. I was like, are we going to kindergarten? I, I just, I, 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 but it's, I guess some people really need that, right? Some people are not social beings. Some people are introverts and they've kind of enjoyed this time where they don't have to see a lot of people, right? So. Yeah, no, we, I mean, I, I know I have had some friends who, you know, just for any number of reasons have really not been out. And so it's been, as they've begun to emerge, it's been a challenge for them. So like, I, I, I've been sort of pounding from the rooftops of like, as people say, oh, this event's not that, like remember people's mental health right now, that yes. folks are not ideal, not in the best of circumstances. Um, and, you know, it's weird for folks. This has not been easy, like, you know, and just because people might be single and don't have kids doesn't mean it's been great for them either. Like it's been challenging for everyone and you don't know what people's, states are so you have to be good to people absolutely um, i was speaking uh-huh. to a woman yesterday um who i've known for a long time won't mention her name but she's she lives alone and she lives in a remote area in a house so it's not like you know i'm in the city right now so uh new york so i can pop out of my building and go for a walk and and see some people and at least know there's have say hello to somebody or you know she can't do that and and it's lonely and it's, it's bringing out things and people, you bring up mental health. It's such an important thing to ask people, not how are you, right? But how are you? <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the truth. Tell me what you need and how I can support you. I mean, don't make it a, you know, a bitch session, but you know, like I really, you know, really wanting to know how you can support people is really important right now because some people are really suffering and you don't know it because they, they're not showing it. It's hard to see that on a video. It really is. And so that's why it's like, you know, check in, how are folks doing? Not everything has to be a Zoom call. It's, you know, pick up the phone and call people and, you know, just let them know that you're there. That's why I say people do the five for five. Like just say hello to folks because you never know. Mm-hmm. Someone might be having a struggling day and they see a surprising warm. They're like, hey, how are you? Like, love to catch up. You know, that can, someone thought of them today. And that can be the first person who's thought of them in like weeks. Um, and how that can help someone. So like just being good to others is so necessary at this moment. Yeah, I have to say I've, as a result of this, I've met some people I never would have met if things were as usual. You know, I've, I've had to, I've, I've had to put myself out there on, you know, weird Zoom online networking calls and <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> where and then you're like oh I kind of want to meet that person and understand a little bit more about them and you know I never would have met that person even though I do a lot of networking so so maybe that's something that we can say has come out of this is that it's really opened up opportunities for you to meet people all over the world that um, you couldn't have before if you were sort of business as usual 
Exactly. So here's hoping to more connections that are meaningful. So last question for you. Do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Well, I thought about this because I knew you were going to ask me this question, right? And I actually have two gifts. (laughs) Can you do two gifts? You are more (laughs) than welcome. Go for it. So I have a favorite tool for business small business leaders and a leadership tool that I want to share with everybody. And so I made a quick video of it and it's like a two minute video that uh, I'll send you a link or, and, and people can go and, and review it and ask people to uh, some three questions to consider and, and to help them with whatever it is that they're challenged with at the moment. So that's the first give. And if they want to take advantage of the second give, I'm happy to talk them through it. Um, they can book a 30 minute, whatever with me. And, um, and I can, I'm happy to talk them through it to, so that it's, it's cause it's about an orientation about how they approach things and it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ah. sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah, that that's easy. But when you put it into practice, you, you need somebody to guide you and whether it's somebody else or me, it doesn't matter, but, but I just want to offer that up as a, as another gift. That's awesome. So we'll throw all those details in the show, in the show notes so folks can try that out. And hopefully um, uh, book a little time with you to kind of walk them through it because it's always helpful to when you're going through something a little bit more uncomfortable to have someone guide you through that. You're not out in the wilderness by yourself. Um, so that's a wonderful gift. Thank you so much, Marjorie. You're welcome. You're welcome. If it's too comfortable for them, then they're not doing it right. <laughs> ah, got it. <laughs> I, 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 I thought I had a feeling that's what you'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, oh, well, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Wonderful. Like, Marjorie, you're just a delight and just chock full of wonderful information. And uh, it's so great to finally have you on the podcast. <laughs> um, and, you know, as I said, we'll, we'll follow up with um, our show notes, let everyone know how they can connect with you and a lot of different places, as well as try out your gift. Uh, so thanks so much, Marjorie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Have a great awesome. day. Awesome. And that is our show. <laughs>